Well, good morning, Edinburgh Church. Thanks for being here this morning. Why don't we all stand together? We're going to join together in worship for this, our second week of our Advent series. Uh, It's so great to be able to worship and to join together uh, in some of these Christmas songs that we get to sing. So why don't we join together and we'll sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
sing. We're going to lift God's praise. Thank Him for His faithfulness to us. We believe we can trust Him. He's been faithful before and He won't stop now.
that. Sing those lyrics one more time. It's your presence. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your our praise up to you. God, we lift our worship to you. God, we ask you to be here in this place. God, we ask you to offer us your presence as you've promised that where we gather in your name, God, you are here. God, we are here for you. God, and those of us who've come into this place may be distracted from you or from your presence. God, help us to focus in on you. Help us to see your face today as we've come into this place to worship and to hear from your word. God, speak something new and fresh to us today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Go ahead and greet those around you, and we'll move forward with our service with the announcements. that just came out of my mouth. <laughs> if we haven't had the chance to meet yet, my name is Sarah Johnson and I am the elementary kids pastor here. Um, I have a few announcements to make before we jump into today's message. Friends, we are two and a half weeks away from Christmas services. Can you believe it? I can't. But we are going to be hosting two Christmas services, Saturday, December 24th at 10 o'clock and 4 o'clock. And here's what you need to know. These services are geared towards those between the ages of 2 and 102. If you're 103, yes, you can come. However, we are also going to be having um, the nursery open for those kiddos that are under the age of two. So we will have volunteers ready and available to love your kiddos during that time. These services are going to be shorter. You can expect worship, a Christmas story, and fun goodie bags for your kiddos to enjoy during the service so that they don't get restless. And we are just so delighted that these services are family encouraged. So we really hope to see you in person. Um, tonight, though, we are having a Carols of Christmas where you can join us in the lobby at 6.30. Come fill your bellies with cookies and sing Christmas carols with us as we look forward to Christmas and the hope that we have in Jesus. If you're anything like me, I love to bring something to share whenever I'm invited to something. So if you would like to stop at a store and bring some cookies to share with those that are coming, you can feel free to do that too. So again, that's tonight at 6.30 in the lobby. We hope to see you there. So it is our desire as a church to build our relationship and grow our relationship with Jesus. And then it's also our desire to grow as community, as a church, which is why we host all of these fun events to do that. So I was reading a book from Henry Nowen. He's one of my favorite authors. And I just had to share this with you. He says this about community. 
Life is full of gains and losses, joys and sorrows, ups and downs, but we do not have to live it alone. We want to drink our cup together and thus celebrate the truth that our wounds of our lives, of our individual lives, which seem intolerable when lived alone, become sources of healing when we live them as part of a fellowship of mutual care. Community is like a large mosaic. Each little piece seems so insignificant. One piece is bright red, another cold blue or dull green, another warm purple, another sharp yellow, another shining gold. Some look precious, others ordinary. Some look valuable, others worthless. Some look gaudy, others delicate. We can do little with them as individual stones except compare them and judge their beauty and value. When, however, all these little stones are brought together in one big mosaic, portraying the face of Christ, who would ever question the importance of any one of them? If one of them, even the least spectacular one, is missing, the face is incomplete. Together in one mosaic, each little stone is indispensable and makes a unique contribution to the glory of God. That's community, a fellowship of little people who together make God visible in the world. Isn't that just so beautiful? We get to do that here. And so we get to take a peek. If you were here last week, you might have seen this, but take a peek at how we built our community in 2022.
How great is that, church? That kind of recaps this last year and all the great things that Edinburgh uh, was able to see and witness God doing. Uh, we said going into this year, we, we didn't want to just survive, especially coming out of COVID and this time of COVID, you know, these last few years. We said we wanted to thrive, and uh, we did. Uh, Ministry-wise, man, we saw some, some really incredible things, record baptisms. Uh, those of you who are a part of Trunk or Treat, record number of people on our campus here. And uh, we just, um, we, we saw God doing some incredible things. Children's ministry just booming, youth ministry growing. It, it's, uh, it's been really fun to, to see and experience God in this place. Um, and and, and that's, that's because of you. That's because of your generosity, you know, helping us to do this ministry. And as we go into the next year, we're going to need us all to step up and, and help us to end the year financially strong so that we can... We can thrive again. In fact, we're, we're even planning and asking God to do bigger things uh, going into the next year. We're already dreaming up some pretty big stuff. But we're not going to be able to do it unless we all kind of rally and, uh, and, and, and become generous people, maybe giving over and above what we could give as we, as we close out December and, and step into the new year. So I just want to encourage you, please start praying what, what you could give, how you could help us in this year strong. And uh, put us in good footing as we start the, the new year. We're calling it Thrive 2.0. And our goal for December is we would like to raise $300,000 in the month of December. Okay? And that's a big goal. But we serve a big God. Amen? So we believe we're going to be able to do that. And uh, we look forward to seeing what God has in store for us next year. So thanks, church. Hey, if you would like to give, you can always do that through the app. Uh, you can do that online. We also have uh, pillars out in the lobby that have giving boxes on them you can use as well. But, um, yeah, let's do it. Let's rally church, and, and, and I believe through that we're going to see God do incredible things. Well, hey, we are in our uh, Christmas series. Um, as you heard Pastor Levi say, we, we've, we've kicked off this Advent season, this, this Christmas season. Advent just means coming. It's the coming of Christ, right? And and uh, one aspect of that is, is, is the birth of Christ. It's like we're preparing our hearts right now uh, to get ready for uh, Jesus' birth. It's like we're kind of getting into the, the Christmas story, and uh, we, we will celebrate uh, the birth of Christ on Christmas Day. But, of course, we all know Jesus has already been born. And so there's a second aspect to, uh, to, to, to Advent, which is the second coming of Christ, this idea that Jesus will one day be coming back. In fact, he could be coming back today, and we want to have our hearts ready for that. We want to be prepared. But I said last week that I'd like to suggest a third aspect to Advent, which is as we're in between his birth and his coming back, let's prepare our hearts to experience him right now in this place today. Jesus said, I am with you always to, to the end of the age. He is with us. We believe that Jesus is alive. Amen? And we believe that he is in this place. And so he makes himself available to us. He gives us access to him. And so I don't know about you, but I want to experience as much of Jesus as I can right now. And the good news is we can. You know, the people of Israel in the Old Testament... Uh, you know, they, they went through a period where they were longing to experience God. And so 700 years before Christ's birth, roughly, uh, they received this prophecy from the prophet Isaiah. 
that this series is based on. This is Isaiah 9, 6. says, for to us, a child is born. To us, uh, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Last week, I talked about what that means that Jesus is our wonderful counselor. And today I want to talk about what it means that he is our mighty God. And this one that we can experience right now. The people of Israel, again, they had to wait to see this prophecy fulfilled. In fact, 300 years after this prophecy, Israel enters into something called the 400 years of silence where they didn't receive any word from God. And then Jesus is born and everything changes and we get to benefit today experiencing his, his presence, the presence of one who is called Mighty God. Um, <laughs> my daughter Callie, when she was, uh, ever since she's been able to walk, she's loved water. So anytime we were at a pool or anytime we were at a lake, uh, she wanted dad to be in the water. Why? So that she could run and, and, and jump and so that dad would catch her. She couldn't swim, right? She'd, she'd sink like a, a stone. But if I was in the pool or at the lake where there's a dock, here would come Callie jumping, sometimes cannonball, sometimes flying squirrel, okay? But, but she would jump. Now, she wouldn't do this if Uncle Chad was there, right? Because Uncle Chad would just let her go under the water for a little bit. She'd come up coughing up water, right? But, but dad, she knew what would catch her. And she, she knew two things about her dad. She knew that her dad had a good heart and strong arms. And her dad had a good heart. He was going to catch her. And she knew her dad was able to catch her. Had strong arms. Do, do you believe that about God towards you? Do you serve a God who has a good heart towards you and your life? And that he is able and capable to help you with whatever struggle or challenge or battle you're facing? That you can jump in to his arms? Friends, in the Bible, there is one thing God wants to make very clear to us, which is that he is a mighty God who can help us with any battle we're facing, any burden we come in here carrying today. We serve a God who, who can help us. And, and I was thinking about that this last week, and it got me thinking of the story of Gideon, okay? Gideon. Now, the, to set up this context of, 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 of this character Gideon, who we read about in the book of Judges, this is at a time in Israel's history where Israel is under attack by all the surrounding people groups around them. In fact, these people groups were told they're coming in, they're destroying their crops, keeping them basically poor, okay, keeping Israel poor. And so they're out, Israel's outnumbered, and uh, they eventually cry out to God, God save us, help us. And so God shows up to this man named Gideon. And it's kind of comical because he shows up to Gideon, and the first thing he says to Gideon is a mighty warrior. He calls Gideon mighty warrior. Well, we know Gideon isn't really a mighty warrior, okay? This is kind of one of those things you'd call maybe like an oxymoron. It's the opposite of what you would think. If, if you know anything about Gideon, to call him mighty warrior is kind of an oxymoron. It's kind of like saying jumbo shrimp, right? Microsoft works, right? It's... it's 
It's kind of an oxymoron, right? And so God shows up, a mighty warrior. And, and look at even how Gideon responds. He says, pardon me, my Lord. But how can I save Israel? Because God has called on Gideon to lead this, this army against these surrounding people groups. He says, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. So not only is he, you know, of the weakest clan, tribe here, he's the weakest in that clan, in that tribe. He's the least likely character to lead the army of Israel against the Midianites and the Amalekites that are coming against them. But Gideon is going to be encouraged. He's going to go out. He's going to raise up an army. And then God is going to say, hey, you've got too many men. He raises, you know, something like, I don't know, 22,000 men. When God's going to say, I don't want you to have that many men. And so he's going to first tell Gideon, have any got person, any, any fighter, any... Uh, person in the army that's scared or afraid, tell them they can go home. And so he's going to do that, and so the army is going to shrink. Um, I think it says to 10,000 remained. Keep in mind the Amalekites and Midianites, I mean, they fill the valley. It says too many to count. Thousands and thousands, and now God is shrinking the army of Israel. And then it gets to verse 7 and 8 of chapter 7. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let the others go home. Now, what's going on there? So God tells uh, Gideon to have the men, uh, the 10,000 that remain at this time, go to a river and to, to drink. And some will just, you know, bend over and, and drink right from the river directly. Others lap it up with their hands. And, and God tells him the ones who bent over and drank directly, you know, from the river, just go ahead and send those men home. <laughs> And it ends up leaving, we just read, 300 men to fight against thousands and thousands. And so they let all the others go home. Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but he kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Man, this, this raises a question. God, God calls this man Gideon, who's the least of the least, the least of the you know, smallest tribe, the, the weakest of that tribe, and then he takes them from 22,000 soldiers that he's been able to raise up down to 300. Why would God do that? Well, fortunately, it tells us why God does that. It's because the Lord had said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me my own strength has saved me. What's going on here? God is saying, if I let you go in with the 22,000 that you raised up, they would take credit and think they won the battle. So I had to call you, Gideon, and I had to reduce your army to 300, so one thing would be clear. I am the mighty God who saves. God wanted the glory for himself. I know today some of us come in here and we're carrying some burdens and we're probably carrying some worries. And, you know, especially I find this time of year, December, Christmas, around the corner, 
It can be a very stressful time for many people. And in fact, stress has become an epidemic in our country. It's, it's, it is literally killing us. Uh, WebMD had this on their website, said 75% to 90% of all doctor's office visits, listen to this, are for stress-related ailments and complaints. This is considered an epidemic in, in our country. Uh, they estimate it, it costs businesses anywhere between uh, 70 to $80 billion a year to deal with employees who are overstressed. And so we, we carry these burdens on our back, and sometimes we even, you know, treat, these, treat, treat worry and anxiety like it's a virtue. That means you're responsible. It means you care. In fact, some of you, maybe you know some people like that. Maybe you're married to someone like that who always wants you to worry about something because they want you to care. Sometimes as Christians, we do this to each other. But friends, did we forget what Jesus, Jesus said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. You guys, I need, I need to make this clear. Worry and anxiety is not Christian. If you are someone who puts that off on another person, if you do that, you need to understand that's a form of manipulation. And it's not Christian. We are called to be a people who do not worry. We are called to be a people who bring a non-anxious presence everywhere we go. I've been memorizing this Bible passage. It's Isaiah 43, 2. And uh, if you, you are an Awana leader or volunteer or you grew up maybe through our one program. I'm going to give you an opportunity to quiz me right now because I've been trying to memorize this passage, okay? I think we'll have it up on the screen. I'm going to just quote this, see if I, how, how close I get, okay? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. How did I do? Close enough? All right. That must mean I did okay. Close enough. Trying to memorize that, because this, this passage is powerful. Guys, and as I was meditating on this, I did feel like God, what I talked about last week, kind of gave me a ram. He gave me an insight about this passage. I want you to notice something about this passage. It didn't say you're not going to get wet. It didn't say you might not have to swim a little bit. It didn't say you're not going to feel the heat and you might not start to sweat. What it said is, I am going to be with you. Friends, when I talk about not worrying and when I talk about not getting anxious, and, and, and I am not saying that life is not hard at times. But the promise is God will be with us and he will get us through it. That is the promise we have. You know, some of us come in here today and you are carrying burdens and weight and it's heavy. You know, it's kind of like, 
ah, this brick here. And I don't know what this might be for you, but I'd like you to ask yourself, what is it that you find yourself carrying these days? You know, uh, for some of you, maybe it's a financial issue. And especially this time of year, <laughs> so many expenses, maybe it's a, it, it, it's a financial burden. Or you're carrying a financial mistake. There's something like that. Maybe it's a child, and you, you've tried everything. You've tried the carrot, you've tried the stick, and, and, and nothing seems to be working. And you're carrying this burden constantly. Or maybe it's your marriage or, or a relationship issue, work issue, coworker issue. Maybe for some of you, it's your past, and it's sin, some kind of burden that you're carrying. And again, we could think it's like even maybe a responsible thing, or it's what we're supposed to do by, by, by worrying about it and being anxious about it and carrying that. And so some of you, you wear this on your back, and maybe for a time you can do it, but the problem is other things, right, get added to this, to this bag. And eventually you, you find it, you know, crippling you. And, and it can, as we said, even begin to take a toll on your health, you know, as more weight gets added to what you're carrying. But friends, the good news for us is that God tells us not to carry this ourselves. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety, that Greek word is the same as worry or cares, cast all your anxiety, worries, cares on him because he cares for you. And so what God wants you to do this morning is to take whatever that burden is off of your shoulders And give it to him. And let him carry it for you. Do you realize we serve a big God? Sometimes I need to be reminded, we, we serve a big God. One of the things that reminds me we serve a big God is when I just look at the universe. I like to look at those pictures of the, like the Hubble telescope. You guys ever look at those pictures and see these pictures of space and how big the universe is? In fact, I was reading this week, the closest star to Earth, okay, is a star called Proxima Centauri. It is four light years away from our sun. Now, get this, okay, a light year. A light year is the distance light travels in a period of a year. Think about that for a second. Think about how fast light travels. Like, I, you ever turn on a flashlight? I mean, it's instantaneous, right? In fact, in fact light travels, get this, 186,000 miles per second. That's almost eight times around the earth in one second. That's how fast light travels. Imagine that for a minute. Imagine that for an hour. Imagine that for a day. And now I'll try to imagine that for a year. These are, this is an astronomical distance that we don't have categories in our brain to understand. Proxima Centauri is four light years 
away from our son. Can't even dream of ever traveling distances like that. Now get this. Just this past year, astronomers discovered the star that is farthest away that we can detect. And they, I'm not going to get into the science of it. They use something called gravitational lensing to do this. They've named it Irindel. Just discovered it this, this year. Irindel is 28 billion light years away. And there are stars far beyond Irindel. And friends, God created all of it. He's bigger than all of it. You might come in here today with some big problems, some big burdens, some big challenges. I'm here to remind you, you serve a bigger God. Who can carry any problem you have. So what do we do? How do we really cast that over to God and walk out of here today lighter? I'll end with this. I, I was reading about a man named George Hudson. George Hudson, many years ago, ran the YMCA, right? Because it's fun to stay at the YMCA. Anybody? Apparently, it wasn't too fun to stay at the YMCA because they were falling on hard times. They had lost staff. They had lost membership. And their, their, their finances had tanked. And, and, and George Hudson was wearing the weight of this. He was working 80-hour weeks. It was killing him to the point where he was forced to go see a therapist because of the toll it was taking on him mentally, emotionally, even physically. And the therapist said, you've got to change something or your job is literally going to kill you. So not knowing what else to do, he went out into the woods and he took a journal with him and he sat down by a tree and he wrote this. He said, dear God, I, George Hudson, hereby resign as the general manager of the universe. Love, George. A few years later, after experiencing a little success, George said, thankfully, with a smile on his face, God accepted my resignation. I can't help but wonder how many of us today need to resign from being the general manager of our universe? How many of us today need to resign from trying to be the God of our own life? In fact, let me suggest that if you wanna see God do any breakthroughs in your life, you wanna see God change that situation or do anything positive, let me suggest he is waiting for you to bring it to him, to let him carry it for you so that when he does something, he gets the glory. He is waiting for you to bring him your problem, to let him carry it for you, and to do something with it. Because he has a good heart, and he has strong arms. George, can we do that today? Can we give our problems, our burdens over to, to him, this Jesus, and walk out of here lighter? That's my hope for each and every one of us. And so I'm just going to give us a moment. We want to just bow our heads. Whatever that care is, whatever that worry is for you today. Resign from trying to change it in your own strength. Say, God, I resign from trying to change that child. I, I resign from trying to change my spouse. I, re, I resign from trying to change my job situation, my financial situation, whatever that is. 
my past that I can't change, God, and don't know what to do with it. Give it over to him. Just release it. Jesus, we do cast our cares off on you today, this morning, and I'm just praying for us as a church. We will remind ourselves we are called not to worry. We are called to trust you because you are a big God. Now I would ask that you would take that from us, that you would take it off of our shoulders and give us faith to trust that you're going to do something in it and through it bigger than what we could ever do ourselves, just like you did for Gideon, giving them the victory, God. So release us from that and help us to walk out of here today and this week and just be lighter on our feet and to be a presence of peace towards others. We're going to ask this, Jesus, in your name and all God's people said, amen. stand together and we'll sing sing of God's faithfulness we'll sing of the way that he's faithful to us in his presence
Church, we're going to join together in one more Christmas song where we just get to celebrate this time of year. All right, church, join us as we sing together, Angels We've Heard On High. some praise this morning. We give him thanks for his presence in this place. Amen. God, we thank you for the ability to come in this place and to worship 
you today. God, we love you and we thank you for the presence that you have blessed us with. Amen. Well, we want you to know if you need prayer, we'll have prayer partners available for you. Otherwise, you are dismissed.